Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Jayhawk Hockey Podcast. Logan Rosengard, Gabe Daniel, we're back in business. Gabe, how you doing? I'm doing great, Logan. How are you? It's Friday. The weekend's here. KU's about to play uh, Baylor in basketball tomorrow night. I'm excited for that. And yeah, I can't really complain too much. Real quick, before we jump into the interview with our two guests, I want to remind everybody that as soon as you are hearing this, uh, as early as noon central time on Wednesday, uh, the day this is uploaded, the Jersey shop will be open and running. You guys can get your white Warhawks and uh, whatever other jerseys are on sale, which we will talk about with our guests with us on the show today. Not players. We got the most recent outgoing president and right. And let's just call him the art boy. <laughs> I, I, I really don't know your title. I'm going to be honest. I feel, I feel bad not knowing. Cause like I, but we got Andrew Cadle and Aaron Cole on the it, it's call with us. Design with president. Okay. So let's ask Cadle. Uh, let's talk to you real quick. We've got the jerseys coming out. What can fans expect to get this time around? Um, so over the past couple months, uh, I've been making some new jerseys um, based off some uh, tweets that we've seen um, of like what people want and then just like messing around and making other stuff that might look cool in different color versions and whatnot. So we have um, our classic blue jerseys with the club logo on them on the front. Um, and then there is the very popular white Warhawk jersey. Um, we also have our red um, alternate jerseys with the script Jayhawks font on the front which we wore for the 2020 border showdown. And then there are three um, new ones being sold. One of them is um, actually a retro. It is, and that one is the blue Rangers style jersey with the Kansas diagonal across the front chest. Um, there is another white jersey with the Jayhawk script font across the front. And then there is probably my favorite and I think a lot of the staff's favorite which is a blackout jersey and it is completely black with a black and white Jayhawk a couple of white stripes some black black lettering um, and numbers and I think uh, I think I mean the white Warhawk is very popular um, understandably so but this black jersey looks really good so that's what we got and that opens uh we're recording on friday today's so the 26th yeah so that by the time you hear this this store should be open on uh but i think today would be wednesday yeah march so, 3rd pretty sure so it's going to be um, open for two weeks as well give okay. or take depending on depending on uh timing customizable so, with numbers yes or no of course all right you can also get replicas that have blank backs there so. you go. I, I I need one of those blackout ones. I only got the uh, red script from the border showdown, and I missed out on that gray one earlier in the season, in the fall, but that'll be a nice addition to the collection. But, Aaron, how are you doing today? 
I'm doing great. It's my one day off from my internship. So it's really nice. And what do you got going? What, what kind of inter- internship is that? So I am doing my final internship for sport management with exclusive sports group. So it's a mostly NFL agency out in Indianapolis. All right. You having fun out there? Yes. When I'm able to. <laughs> good. That's good to hear. Uh, let's talk more about the club. Uh, I know you've, you were kind of the, you were handed the team, Aaron, as the president, like right when you got to KU as a freshman, correct? (laughs) No, not at all. No. Okay. Um, (laughs) So it's kind of a long story a little bit. I'll shorten it up as much as I can, but my freshman year, um, I haven't played hockey. I just knew I wanted it to be part of my life a little bit more and Kansas and hockey aren't really like a thing until now it's a lot more of a thing um so when I first came to KU I saw they had a team and I was like this is a great opportunity for my resume and building up knew I wanted to do sports management knew I wanted to have hockey in there somehow so I just reached out it actually took several months for them to get back and actually like get a time to meet up. Um, But I was able to finally meet with Jimmy. He was the general manager. He's the one who started all the social media and he has done a lot for the club. So finally met with him. Finally, our schedules lined up. Um, And yeah, so from there, he handed me social media. I learned quickly what to do and what not to do. (laughs) Um, And then from there, I just started pulling in as many friends as I could, as many people to get involved. Uh, I started really talking to the sport management program and having them promote some of our stuff too. Um, And then sophomore year, I became the general manager, you could say. That's when Andrew Cadle came on um, and really helped change a lot of things. Uh, and then junior year is when I officially became president. So as president, what were some of your responsibilities with the team? Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> there's a lot. It's a huge laundry list. It's working with the coaches, players. You don't really have to do much with um, Silver Sign or whatever the new name is. I can't remember it right now. But you don't have to do much with facilities, which is nice. Chase usually did a lot of that. Um, but working with Chase and Andy was the biggest help of just understanding what was all going on because you still have to work with USA Hockey, ACHA, and Matcha as the president because you're responsible for that. Um, You also have to understand all of the um, Student Involvement and Leadership Center guidelines, which luckily I worked in the office, so I kind of had a direct connection and really understood that. Um, Then you also have to work with the KU Rec Center, which has its own set of rules on top of it. So it's a lot of reading through handbooks. Most of them are updated and they're awesome. Some of them aren't. And then you just kind of have to piece it together. So making sure you're understanding that is the biggest part. But then you also have to make sure you're doing a good job with people who are not players because that's what this whole job is. I can't play. Five foot me was not built for playing anything at all. So (laughs) instead, you just got to really kind of focus on the people and making sure like, that's staying on track. It's a lot of time management and understanding all the different pieces and how they best could fit together. And so that's kind of setting up other leaders with you and people that you know you can trust. And yeah. But uh, Cato, 
let's talk about you in the graphic design area of the club. Uh, how did you get started with all that? Um, so it, it all like it kind of started in high school, honestly. And then KU and the hockey club here just like springboarded it. But um, I played until my I played hockey until my sophomore year of high school and then stopped playing because of way too many concussions. Um, and um, at the time that I had stopped playing, I was in graphic design classes. So that was kind of like my like helping method, I guess I consider it. Um, like to like to ease my mind on the rehab of the concussions. Um, and then when I and then I uh, stayed around hockey in high school by being a, a student manager for the varsity team, um, for the boys varsity team. And then when I came to KU, um, when I did my like freshman orientation or like my tour or something, they gave us a, a check sheet of like clubs or organizations that you'd be interested in. Um, and one of them was ice hockey. So I checked that box. And then um, the summer before my freshman year, which was 2018, um, I caddied for a guy whose son played on the club hockey team here. Um, and so he like told me a lot about the club, which um, really helped like expose, my, expose me to that. And then um, I think I got an email from Chase uh, at the start of the school year in August of 2018, inviting me to come to the like full team staff um, start of the year meeting. And that is where I met all the guys for the first time and Aaron and Chase and Andy and Jimmy. Um, and then now- get Valerie. You can't be looking at Valerie out of there. Yeah, and Valerie who uh, served as vice president last year. Um, so um, from the start, I've, I've, I'm studying graphic design here at, at Kansas, or visual communication, I guess I should say. Um, and so I just kind of like took hockey and merged it with my passion for design. And for the past three years now, my technical title has changed a few times, but it's, um, it's all been in the graphic design and merchandise, digital media kind of realm. Um, and then most recently, um, I took over as the club's treasurer as well. So I kind of hold two hats. But I mean, as you guys know, it's a small, it's a decently small staff. So we kind of all wear a lot of hats around here. But it's um, kind of how I got into it, I guess. Then you guys have been here a bit. Talk about, you know, where more from a playing standpoint uh, first, where the club was when you guys you know, first were a part of it to where it is now? Because I know it's significantly more developed, flushed out than it was probably even two seasons ago. I'll let Erin go first because she has one more year on me. I do. Um, and what a year that was. So I wasn't there for the beginning of the 2017-2018 season, um, but I do remember it a lot when I was there. And it was just... Jimmy was the only one who was doing social media or any marketing promotions. He was doing all the stuff with the rec center, with Silk, like I was talking about earlier. He was doing everything um, pretty much. And so just coming along, you could see it was kind of taking a toll. Like that's a lot for one person to handle on top of all the academic stuff and any other act school activities I know he was doing. Um, 
So just from that standpoint, like you could tell he wanted to put everything into it. He just didn't have the time. Um, and as far as the players go too, like they wanted to be active, but it was more of a, we're just here to play hockey and have fun. Like this is just kind of like hanging out with the guys. We take it semi-seriously and we're good enough, but it's not something that we're all going to be super serious about and live and die by. So that's kind of where it was. And then slowly it started picking up with just guys bringing friends that they've played with for so long. And eventually we got to like the best team ever, I think, personal opinion. Yeah, we came the best club team in all of KU that year. And just, they got it done, honestly. Um, so it really just picked up in the past two years. And I think a lot of that is just because we're actually getting the name out there a little bit more and people are recognizing like, oh, KU does have a hockey team. It's a club team, but it's still there. And a lot of it is from off ice and all the players just really putting in a lot more effort than they did a few years ago, just because the mentality of the club has changed from hanging out and playing hockey to we're a team, we're a little bit more serious. We're here to win. <laughs> Was it ever weird? Like... Not weird, but, uh, you know, telling people, oh, yeah, I do stuff for the University of Kansas' hockey team because Kansas is – they're more of a – you know, they're kind of known for their basketball. They're known for, you know, their primary sports, their stuff that they get scholarships for, not their club hockey team. Was it ever a shock to people? A little bit, but it's definitely people's favorite question to ask me during interviews, and anytime they see that, they're like, tell me more, and they want to know – all the details and I love talking about it. So it's never been weird. It's more of, I get super excited when someone's like, Oh, what do you do for them? I'm like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> it's one of the best icebreaker like conversation starters that I've had in, in interviews too. Like I would totally okay. agree with that. For sure. I think going off of like what Aaron was saying, you were asking about club success in the past couple of years. Um, right. My first year um, is one of the years Aaron was was referring to, where I have this I track stats for the team as well in season, and Aaron started helping me out a little bit last year with it. But um, our 2018-2019 season, the team was 23-1-1, one and, one and um, had a goal differential of plus 102. Um, and we so we outscored opponents 158 to 56. So that um, based off the record was our best team in the in the um, um, in our team's history or in our program's history. And we qualified for nationals for the first time ever. Um, and the one game we lost was the last game of the year in nationals. Um, but then last year, our record was a little worse at 22 seven and one, but we scored um, about 50, 52 more goals than we did in my first season, but we gave up like, I think 30 more goals. So it's it's kind of hard because your re- our records were a little off, but last year's team scored way more efficiently. Um, but we also had a couple more games in hand. So um, I don't, with the team, since I've been here, the team has been pretty steady. Um, I think even the two years before they were around that 20, they hit that 20 win benchmark as well. Um, 
so it's definitely on the rise, but it's um, there's not really anywhere else to to go up except for winning nationals um, when you're putting up 20 plus wins a year. So I would actually disagree. So first thing though, is that those seven losses, a lot of that was just because of scheduling errors and we just didn't have as many people. We kind of had to piece together. We became a little bit scrappy of a team, but I think we're going to be for the better for that. Like learning dual is better than just learning one position you should definitely help us last year too we won some close games because of because of the ability to move around yeah so I think them having to learn that last year is really going to help in the next season um but I would disagree with saying like there's less place for us to like continue moving on because you still have probably not d2 league because that's where um NCAA does not allow the ACHA to have any division one programs a division one ACHA team so it's all of like the big leagues like when you think NCAA college hockey their club teams are usually in that division two so we kind of want to get bumped up to D1 and I think that's the biggest growth we can have I mean that's years down and that's a lot more serious but if we keep the pace that we're having if we keep steamrolling and have that mentality as a team I think we can do it. We already have amazing funds. We have alumni that are starting to be really connected and it's incredible building those relationships with them and really building a program that hopefully one day KU can see and go, oh, no, we we need a rank at home. We need to move this team and eventually be a D1 NCAA team. But that's also big. That, that's years down the line, of course. Yeah. But Yes, sir. But more of a like when you say all the when you think of college hockey so like most of the big 10 teams all the hockey east teams all of their club teams are acha d2 is what you're saying correct yeah so we so kansas would be instead of competing with the i don't know bu u michigan and you know whatever other d1 hockey programs you can think of club teams we'd be with like I don't know who's in D1, like Syracuse, U Illinois, uh, University of North Dakota, University yeah. of Minnesota, all, yeah, that's where their teams are. Okay, yeah. sure. Man, that's actually really wild to think about. That's like, mm-hmm. in, terms of, in terms of college hockey, that's pretty dang good. You obviously can't have two D1 teams, like two of the same sport, like, like Air Force, for example. Um, they have a D1 program and they have a club team that's in D3. So they, I think, legally and logistically they can't move their club team up other divisions because of their d1 team so no. there's some teams there's some schools that are just stuck like that which is fine because they have a program already yeah and a lot of the times too they use those club teams to like try out new players scout new especially if there's low roster it's a great opportunity for them and you know if you look at each level too of moving up there's tons of different requirements besides just your school saying okay you can move up and besides the record, like it's playing different teams, which obviously is going to throw the numbers more, but it's also how much you have to bring in for fundraising, which we do meet the requirements for that. We make enough with fundraising through donations and everything like that. And Jersey sales, especially we make enough to move up. The issue then becomes is that like the grade kind of moves up a little bit more. Um, you just have a lot more marketing stuff that you have to be able to meet. 
the school has to give you more money itself as well and you have to have more games and so it's figuring out those logistics and if we do move up are we just going to be moving up and losing all the time and are we going to get discouraged because it's going to be a different playing field that we'll have to adjust to eventually but it's just time is the thing and this question will like go back towards nationals what was the first thought that you guys had when the tournament got canceled last season personally i was kind of disappointed but understandable yeah it just i remember i remember looking at all that stuff and i was at work actually with valerie the vice president at the time um she was right next to me on her little desk and i just turned to her and i was like it's canceled because we were the first ones to know I was the first one. And then I was like, I can't even do work anymore. I had to actually leave. I had to call Andy. We had to call the school um, because we were supposed to be getting supplemental funding. And I had to take out that the talk and application work and all of that. So it just kind of all went down the drain. And just talking to Andy that day, he you could hear how upset he was. And then just hearing everything from all the seniors, too. Um, cause that's where I am now as a senior, like I don't get any of those moments, so I can especially relate, but there's a little bit more understanding for mine. Of, I mean, I'm not playing, so <laughs> that helps a little bit, but yeah, it just, it hit. I think it was, I think it was tough too. Cause a lot of the guys, especially the senior leadership, like we could feel, I don't know. I don't know if Aaron could, or if any of the other staff members could, but like myself, given that I'm on the bench for most games, doing the stats and interacting with the guys and the coaches, like I, even as a staff member, could feel the team hitting a hot streak, um, which is the perfect time to go on a hot streak going right into playoffs. Um, we had just come off a convincing championship, conference championship, um, hammered Mizzou in the border showdown can't say much else about that um and then both of our regional games like we pounded those teams too like the, the, we were playing some of our best hockey of the year going into playoffs and all of a sudden it just comes to a halt and obviously the seniors were disappointed um because they I mean their last game they played we won 15 to 2 but it still sucks that you don't get that one more chance to play um at a competitive organized level and so I mean it was a collective disappointment, but I think we all understood it. Yeah, I'm just so thankful we were able to go to um, regionals at least. Mm -hmm. We didn't get to do nationals, but at least we had regionals and the border showdown was the best one we have ever had. And that was incredible. So very thankful for at least that. And the border showdown, that's one that the players we've had recently on the pod have spoken highly about could you walk us through what it's like getting everything prepared getting it all set up for that how much time you got Operation. <laughs> um yeah so a lot of it is actually done by the maverick staff mavericks they did a lot of it this year which was incredible but um oh my god i'm blanking on his name kevin <laughs> but kevin amazing man at the rank he was helping so much just bridge bridge the gap between communications um so we were able to bring in the ku color guard so they were able to do some stuff um 
I don't think we got the mascots this the past year, which was a new one, um, and that was just because of scheduling conflicts with. It was uh, a basketball game that night. Yeah, which kind of sucked, but there's nothing we can do about the scheduling. All of that is picked by the arena. There's nothing we can do. But um, as far as like getting the merchandise stuff all ready to go, because that's such a huge hit. Um, we had to help with the national anthem this year, or at least we got to. Um, so there's some of that. Then there's everything between all of our media productions. What's all going on with that? We have Instagram live stories, Instagram feed itself, photography all going on, videography. The live stream went live this past time. So we had to recruit a few other kids from KU to come and drive an hour to film a game that you won't get paid for or anything cool. It's just going to look great on your resume. Um so it's just a lot of communication and putting things down on paper and then scribbling it out like 20 minutes later or 20 minutes before game time and flexing and going with all of that. Um, Andrew can speak a little bit more about what they were doing for social media wise prep beforehand, but a lot of it is just making sure that the people who are there are ready to go. And it's almost like a huge adrenaline boost. You have to be able to take that adrenaline or it's not going to be a good border showdown. Yeah, I mean, as far as my, I mean, Erin as the president, she's got so much stuff, so much like more logistical things going on with like the rinks and planning. Um, on my side, it's more of like what, um, I do, I handle more of like the staff and the, the like social media's um, outreach kind of portion of it. Um, thankfully, um, I had help last year with design from um, Sophia. Um, and my freshman year, it was just me. So I was in, I mean, I had to make like branding for it, um, which wasn't hard as I actually loved that doing that. Um, but then we we first started like selling jerseys online my freshman year, um, at the border showdown. Um, so like last year, then we we I ordered shirts with the with like our the border showdown logo on it, um, and we had jerseys. So like for me, it's it's a lot of the merchandise and getting the merchandise table stocked, um, and then I let the rest of our staff kind of handle that while I do more of the game operation stuff during during the actual game. Um, but then leading up to it, yeah, it's a lot of social media marketing, um, posting about it, trying to get ads in, in the Kansan or um, on KJHK if they um, are willing. And they're always incredible working with KJHK. They love coming to the games. We love having them. And they're the best people to work with. Absolutely love them all coming out. They're, they're amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, we reach out to... Um, I think uh, my freshman year, I think Barstool KU, the Barstool KU people came to the game um, and talked about it last year. I don't think they could because of scheduling, but they still like tweeted about all of it, um, which is awesome to even get their support from afar. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of media relations that I do um, going into that, which um, gets the word out. It, it expands our reach past our couple thousand followers on each platform and um people people don't necessarily realize how much i think the staff does but oh ticket sales too ticket sales yeah that was fun mm -hmm. <laughs> hope you hear the sarcasm in that um so i mean that was something that we started two years ago of 
selling tickets at a lower price than the arena did because as a club, we get a discount on them and we're not going to sell our students the supermarket up price. So we had to do all of that, get all of those organized, put together, make sure there was an actual student section um, and all of that. So that was kind of interesting to see what all goes on in that. What's, what's the season looking like next year, if there's any sort of idea? Because I know COVID's a little messed up. It messed up this season because there wasn't any. I know it's it, it's still definitely going to be a prevalent issue in terms of like running things and having people sitting in seats and all sort of other guidelines that need to follow. But what's what's it looking like next season if there's some sort of table? Uh, I'd say hopeful, but we haven't heard anything official yet. Is it more of a KU like rec thing than an ACHA thing or other way around? So the ACHA, a- oh, sorry. Well, the, well, I mean, the AC, there's teams still playing right now, but yeah. KU as a university um, postponed all club activities in and out of state, didn't they? No, they yeah. did. You added the in and out of state. Yeah. Sorry. I think they sent out an email like, like July of last summer or something. So like we knew well before the season that there was going to be no season. So just sitting on the rec board too, like the things I've been hearing is that, you know, it we're hopeful for it, but a big issue is going to be funding because KU as itself has taken a big hit. So many universities have, um, and we already get not even like a fifth of our budget covered by university. Um, and the rest is done through players, staff members now, and donations. And the merch has been the biggest help with paying for stuff. But just based off of that, we might have a season if we're able to, you know, go past the boundaries that the rec has right now. Um, but until then, if we're able to go past, it's going to be lesser games probably or we're all going to have to work our butts off even more <laughs> and really fundraise a lot. I'm going to assume that kind of goes the same for the border showdown next year in Kansas City. Yeah. Is that? Okay. Yeah. Man. Nope. Huh. I know the Mavericks have been able to play. I don't know if they've been able to play with fans for their season's about to start, but if they're able to – and if KU is okay with it, um, there's a possibility. It just also matters about what Missouri is able to do. Um, and if they're able to follow the same guidelines that we'll have in place for us. Right. Yeah, I mean, that that's for the border showdown, yeah. I mean, the, the bigger concern is more just like traveling between different states and interacting with mm-hmm. other universities. And I mean, there's so many unknowns even when you just go outside of your house. So, um, but much less traveling to Arkansas or Nebraska or Colorado or something. So it's just kind of a waiting game. But then at the same time, like that's money that we don't have to spend, which mm-hmm. kind of helps lower the cost. It's already the highest membership fees of any student organization. So, and well, going so the silver don't, Sorry. Have the, don't we have the largest budget out of any, any student org too? Nope. 
So out of any, so club sports aren't allowed to get any fund from student Senate. All of ours comes from the rec center and the rec center actually KU has the lowest out of um, our conference of any student fees for a rec center. And that got cut in half when it was supposed to increase this year. Um, so all of our funds come from them and you qualify for about three or four different tiers based on how much money you bring in, you provide them a budget and say, here's all of our expenses. Um, here's what we're able to do with our, our membership fees. And the board kind of breaks it down. And then the rec staff themselves also kind of break it down. Um, and the rec advisory board as a whole, we also go in and do some of that review. So I've been able to see what like next year's projected is gonna be. Um, and so there's different levels that you can qualify for. We qualify for the top, but there's several other clubs that do as well. And it's just based off of what you're able to bring in. And honestly, a lot of it is just history. If you've been getting the top amount for the past couple of years, even if you're not spending it, you're still probably going to get it. That is looking to change this next year. So we're good. We bring enough money. We're like, it's not going to be an issue for us. We'll probably still get the most amount, but that amount is probably going to get down a lot. And then I usually kind of end things with this, and I'm going to start with you, Aaron, first, considering you are a senior. Over your years at the club, what's like a memory, a moment that has stuck with you the most? Probably the first jerseys that we ever did. Um, we had it so you could pick it up which is awesome. I mean, the border showdown too, before I dismiss that, like that is always incredible, but so many people understand that, that it's incredible. So not going to spend too much time on that, but just those jerseys, when people were able to come pick it up, meeting all the different people and fans and people who support and getting to talk to them was my absolute favorite. Just talking, there's a family of like, I think four or five and they come to every single KU hockey game for the past year and a half. Obviously, they can't now because we don't have any, but they've came. They have absolutely no connection. They're just KU fans. They like hockey, and they've come to every single game, and we have people's friends who don't even come to one. So, like, just meeting those people and hearing their support for this just is incredible. I love it. And, Kato, what about you? Um, My f- I have a couple and it's similar to Aaron's because I mean, I obviously we don't play, so we don't have like those playing um, viewpoints, but um, the first, the first one that I remember. Um, well, yeah, so I have a couple. So when we went to air force, my freshman year, we were the number two seed in our region. They were the number one seed. And these are the last two games of the year and the top two teams qualify automatically for nationals don't have to go to regionals. Um, so we like, we felt comfortable that we could hold the top two. If we split the series, if we lost it, maybe, but obviously you're going in looking for two wins and we got there. And I know that I think the guys talked about this. I think Bach and Preston and miles talked about this last time, but like, the guys were worried about conditioning with the, with the elevation change. And we went in there and since it was a Friday, they are required to wear their uniforms, like all the cadets are. Um, and so we get in there on Friday and it is a packed barn. 
Like it's, it's their D1 rings. The only one they have in it was packed, just full of cadets in uniform. And we rolled over that team. Um, so that was, that was awesome. And then Saturday, like no one came to the game, not, not nearly as many, but I mean, we rolled over them again. So we came out with two wins and that was, that was a, a good, for, like lasting memory I had. Um, the leg got sliced. Yeah. That was, I'm glad if, I mean, I'm glad it didn't happen, but if it was mm -hmm. to happen anywhere, glad it was there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the next one that I remember for me personally, um, the first jersey that I ever made, that I ever made, and then it happened to be for the club, was the blue, the royal blue jerseys that have our club logo patch on the front. Um, so when I saw those, and the first time we wore them was for the border showdown uh, in 2019. So when I saw the guys get on the ice with those on for the first time, that was, um, that was pretty awesome. And even last year when they came out with the red ones on, like it's, it's an amazing feeling as a designer to see your product, like get put out in the world and be successful. And um, so those are pretty cool for me. Um, and then um, we, so those blue jerseys that we made or that we ordered, we ordered um, some for like to send other people in the community. Um, in the hockey community, and one of them was John Bruchigras. So he wore it on his um, he wore it on his ESPN show in in the crease, I think. Um, and so that I mean, to see your your product on national TV is awesome. Um, that's kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah. like, I feel like you're kind of downplaying that, right? Like that's kind of a big deal, yeah, considering it, considering it's like a club, it's club hockey for Kansas of all things. Like, that's kind of yeah. a big deal. I mean, I know he wears a lot of other club jerseys to like promote them. So it's like, it's kind of what he does, but yeah, yeah, it is kind of, it is kind of cool. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, just like as a whole in the three years I've been doing this, um, just to see the growth in our community um, and our fan base, both at games and on social media. Um, I mean, every year we've, um, Every year, like our follower base has grown, um, more, more and more people are ordering jerseys. Um, it's just, I, I, it's, it's humbling to me. So, I mean, it's, and then obviously there's the border showdown, like that you just, you can't not hate that. It's just amazing every year. I got nothing else, but uh, I'll throw it to you guys again. Is there anything? for the good of the cause you guys want to promote one more time. I know we got more than just jerseys coming around soon. So uh, if you guys want to talk about that before we close things out, go for it. I've got something, but Aaron, if you have anything, go for it. You're muted. <laughs> You're right. I was. Um, no, I don't got anything. Okay. Well, like Logan said, uh, one last plug for the jerseys. Um, we will have a store. Um, opening through Jog, who we have used the past couple of years as our, as our team um, jersey vendor. They're amazing, um, high quality. And um, that store should be launching on Wednesday, which um, should be today if you're listening on Wednesday, uh, the March 3rd. 
that'll be open for a couple of weeks. And then we also have, um, we have a couple leftover jerseys um, still available for purchase right now. Um, and I'm just gonna run through the sizing and the options that they have on them. Um, we have two Warhawk jerseys that are white. One is a youth medium with, with no name or number on the back. One is an adult extra large with no name or number on the back. Um, both of those cost $110 um, shipping included. And then we also have two of our blue jerseys that have the club logo on the front. One is a youth extra large um, with nothing on the back. And the other is an adult large with the number 55 on the back. Um, and those cost $150 or sorry, the, the one with the number 55 on the back costs $150, shipping included. The youth extra large with nothing on the back costs $110. So, um, and then we, like I said, we got the store going that has six options, six jersey options, customization options, any size options you want, um, ranging from youth extra small to adult triple XL, I believe. Um, so, Look forward to that, um, and yeah, that's all I got. Thank you guys for doing all of this. You guys have helped so much just keeping us involved and engaged with people. So thank you so much. You guys are an incredible addition to the club. Whether we you appreciate that. Or not, I don't awesome. care. Thank you. I think that's the nicest thing you've said to me yet, Aaron. <laughs> Yeah, Gabe's treated terribly here, if you can't tell, guys. But we love our play-by-play broadcaster when he broadcasts. That about wraps it up for this edition of the Jayhawk Hockey Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Like Cato said, we got the shop running, so go ahead, check that out. It's going to be all over our socials. Click the links. Uh, probably going to be in our social bios, so click that. Get your jersey and club uh, merchandise fix. Uh, Logan Rosengard and Gabe Daniel signing off on the pod. We will see you guys on the next episode. Take care.